13th floor. The 13th floor. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another beautiful day here on the 13th floor where the furniture isn't always the best, but the views are amazing. I am your moderator, B. Jones, and we're going to continue our discussion from last week on the father, brother, husband, son topic and the pressures that we tend to feel facing or being in all of those roles in our households and our communities. But before we jump in all of that, let me get all, get, introduce my guys. Coach K, you up first, man. What's going on? Hey, man. Happy morning to everybody. You don't sound too happy, bro. Oh, man. Look, I'm good, man. You know me. I'm even. Yeah, that's true. Even all the time. Until he gets mad. Chapo Fresh. What's good with the name today, man? You feeling uh you feeling like a narco? Oh, I feel I need to be on my boss move. You know, sometimes you gotta boss up. So, you know, you put that chopper in front of everything. Everybody knows it's boss season. So we here feeling bossed up, ready to get it uh, you know, this part two, get it cracking. Glad my you know, dog Art is in the building. He is in the building. Welcome back, our friendly BFBG. Phase hey. what's going on? Hello, everybody. Um, voice is crazy. I, I am not got um, in the best. Throat. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It is not the best, but you know what? I, I'm here. I was upset that I missed last week. Uh, so much topics that, that hit directly on my nail head that I couldn't speak on. I was actually talking to you guys through YouTube, answering questions <laughs> that you were talking about. So um, I look forward today to be able to give some good insight. Um, and uh, talk the best as I can. Hoping you all can hear me through the bass. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, we can hear you. You got uh, Mike D's afternoon voice. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out Mike D getting some rest right now. Hey, uh, Faison, so you got what? Another one of those baby colds? Uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know what it is. I've been, I've been struggling for about a week. Um, and, and you know, I've been working like crazy. So day, day, night, it's, hey, listen, it's true. I don't care what you guys say. That is a true thing. They come home with it and I take it and I catch it. So, um, mm -hmm. anyway, yeah, that between that and working nonstop, it was crazy. But yesterday the wife gave me a, um, a, a free pass to like sit in the room and sleep. So what? I just got some, some what? sleep time. And just relax and watch Jessica Jones and have my tea and a bowl of tomato soup to so I can handle and uh, some Ritz crackers. It's great. Wow. Hey, so how is that season two of Jessica Jones? Uh, for those of you that don't follow, that's another uh, Marvel Comics character, part of the Defenders. They had Jessica Jones part one out there on part two right now. She's part of the crew with Luke Cage and Iron Fist. And yeah. Um, hmm. It wasn't bad. It was better than it was better than Iron Fist. But Jessica Jones is never about action. It's always about drama and suspense. So there was a lot of you know detective and that kind of stuff. But if you're looking for like a Luke Cage fighting or Daredevil fighting thing, it's not gonna get it. It's not that that kind of a, a show. It's okay. no. But it was it was okay. It, I mean, it's a lot of stuff going on. It's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but it's not like you gotta be able to like watch like. Um, House of Cards and that kind of drama station kind of thing. It's not going to be uh, action, action, action. There's a couple of scenes, but like it's not big. Do you feel it's relevant to one to watch Infinity Wars and things of that nature? No, no, no. You, you probably could skip this whole Jessica season if you wanted to, and I'm sure they still wouldn't tie into Defenders. Like it's something you can. It literally is by itself. It's not a thing. Okay. Yeah, it, it it has nothing to do with the Infinity Wars, no. folks. None of that. 
I was gonna say, how would they tie the movies into the Netflix series? Like, are they doing that actually? They might be with the Daredevil. They're, they're trying to talk about bringing him in. I mean, if they did anything in, in New York City, they can have a, a clips, quick scene of them being there. They speak about like the incident and stuff happening on the shows, um, but they haven't been able to like connect the low level B characters to like the the A high class ones. But they they they, admit, they reference them on Netflix, but not in the movies. Oh, so, okay. gotcha, gotcha. Well, Art, man, I was going to ask you where you wanted to jump in at, um, on last week's discussion. Since Blackish. <laughs> okay, we'll come back waiting. to the wife in a second. What about Blackish, bro? Um, so you guys were talking last week about a, a lot about the show, and, and, and I think there's – I'll go to the, the HR comment you guys talked about, about the boiler room. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that was – man, that was, that was perfect because there are – how Tracy how, – um, Anthony Anderson and his team talk about things um, and how they ran like like the week, couple weeks ago, the talk they had where he was talking about how the, the black father has talked to their kids and so forth, mm. but the white parents didn't understand it. So that he had to like put it into their specific ways. Which talk and, are you talking about? Like the police brutality yeah, talk? The, like just, just the being black, just a, okay, a black okay. man, just, just being black in America talk. And, and he had to like spin it where he had to bring it into like bring a white woman in college and bring a, a, a white man without having any kind of large money. So there's the different parts of each person to let them realize that they all have the talk. It's just different. But mm-hmm. our talk is about how, um, you know, how we have to understand that we're black in America and that's, and that part's there. So it was, I mean, I just, everything about Tracy Ellis Ross is, is hilarious. Like you said, I Isn't she? 100%. She's lovely. She's, um, my, the, the grandma reminded me of my mom. Like she, me and Jay would watch together and we'll just keep saying like, that's your mom. That's literally your mom. Like the way she talks about things, like not in the, she's over-dramatizing things or probably saying it wrong. Um, Over-dramatizing, thank you. Things, but um, just the general fact of like the mom, the old school, like grandma, mom, like this is how, this my mom 100%. And Kay and Ian knowing my mom, that's exactly how my mom is. <laughs> and it's Both funny. Moms, I think. <laughs> So, um, and then last week, I mean, the one show that just came on this week um, spoke about the sex talk and how they went through the, um, the uh, just a nod, like, yeah, yo, he's, he's getting it in. And your mom knows it. She didn't say anything about it. She didn't tell you, but you can see it. He's always say like the walk. You had that walk or something different about you now. Like they went into that. So it was just like, you know, it's a great show. I, I think it's cool. I, you can't compare it to, like the guys just talking about the Cosby's it's a different time frame, different, different flow. Um, mm-hmm. You guys talked about, which I was like, oh yeah, but eight o'clock on Thursday was must see NBC TV. But at eight o'clock on Thursday in the nineties or eighties, you didn't do anything else but watch TV and go to sleep. Like now you have so many more options that yep. you can you can stream it on Friday. There was no DVR, so if you didn't record it and somebody recorded over it, you didn't see it again until 10 years later because it was on DVD. Uh-huh. So like now there are so many more options, ways of seeing it. You don't need that. Everybody to get together and watch at the same time. So you lose that aspect of of the mm-hmm. the, the yeah. So that's why it's different. Um, gotcha. Yeah, got you. Make sure you pass that information on to BJ, man. I wish he was here, man. I was Dang. like, oh, we, I was yelling at him the whole time. No, no, <laughs> no. Then coughing. No. <laughs> wow. Hey, so you mentioned uh, EJ gave you a pass, man, um, to like just have your own day, sleep it off or whatever. And that's yeah. one of the things that we kind of didn't get to. 
last week was, you know, the pressures as a husband and, you know, taking on that provider, you're doing everything you can to make sure your household is taken care of, your family and everything. Um, but as a man, you require a certain amount of time to yourself. And I know myself being an, an introvert, there are times where I just don't want to deal with anybody. And it's not any fault of her own, my daughter, her father-in-law, anybody. I just want to sit at home, maybe watch a show, read a book, listen to music. That's it. I don't want to be bothered at all. How do you go about explaining that to your wife? That's the question I want to pose. Uh, and then I have a scenario that I had to uh, call my, my my resident life coach to kind of get me through um, last week as well. But how do you um, how do you pose that to your wife? Like I just want to be by myself right now. Just I've, I've come most things in a relationship are just like a, a band aid. They are best ripped off and done. You know, just in a sense as raw as possible of just you know expressing that feeling instead of trying to sugarcoat it understanding you are going to deal with no matter how you say it or try to no matter what they're still going to take it personal as like somehow they did something no matter how many times you tell them or and let them know that it's just like yo it's just is like i just i just need some time it's not nothing against you it doesn't matter they're still going to take it that way that you have to a be able to understand like i always say um intent is is what is the, the the motivating factor so if you can understand what your intent is that you will have to deal with some of the backlash but understand that it's not um i don't want to say not relevant but it's not no i'm not telling you that i need time alone because i don't want to deal with you or be with you it's just that i need some time to gather my thoughts and do things understand that you will get a little bit of the attitude of backlash but over time they will start to understand that oh wait a minute he is just wanting some time for himself it isn't that there's something i did because the first default is always them feeling like there was something that they did or something and and, and take it to another level when you're like seriously it is really simple <laughs> i just it's so simple yeah it is not it's not it's not <laughs> nothing against you it is it is literally as black and white as I am making it up just hey exactly. be able to hang out like I'm okay being at the house by myself and, and doing things like it doesn't affect me but I find that they enjoy women women crave um the the camaraderie we've talked about this before the you know time is 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 is, yeah. is, is time spent together versus time on the clock right go ahead Tony no I, I I'm gonna contradict and go the complete opposite I'm a man of building up my uh, my perks, so I say you you show you send her out on those day trips to do things like okay hey you know you haven't gone and get your nails done in a couple of weeks you should go ahead and go or you haven't gone to this and then you build up that 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 uh that play and then when you're ready but hey I'm I'm like I did this weekend I was like she was like hey you know what you need to talk to yourself and just work out for herself now it might not come when you want it but it will come and Ooh. that's the <laughs> Don't get that's twisted. What, I, I always give the, I, I try <laughs> to always, those are, that's, that's null and void. That's going to happen that, yes, you have to automatically understand, let them go out, let them go enjoy themselves, <laughs> hang with their friends, make sure when they, they give the sneak of, oh, well, my friend's girl, you should go. You would go do that and enjoy yourself. Yes, so I agree with that 100%. So I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to tell you guys your process or your, your thought or your thinking is flawed because they are on time on demand. Just like if it's TV and it's a on-demand show, it's, it's when <laughs> they get around to now is when I want that time. 
right? So even though you may feel like you made those deposits, you're really not depositing into anything because it's when they get that emotional feeling of, oh, I'd like to spend some time with him. And that could be at any moment. Like you can't- Any moment. You cannot predict that. You can't, you can't plan for it. It just happens. Um, and, and it's not so much about the time, it's about the quality of the time. So um, yeah, it's, it's, and Brett, so I'm the only other one on here with you that's an introvert. And we both probably have the same problem is that um, our spouses don't necessarily believe that we're introverts because. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got the only child syndrome. Trust, trust in that mindset. Well, me and me you got, are you got only child. That just oh, means wow. you're selfish. That's no, it's not, no, I'm selfish. You need, I can do things by myself. I, I no, don't need anybody it's else. the Gemini. While me and Art oh. are not introverts, the Gemini puts that second face on us. Where we, <laughs> y'all have seen it with us where just a switch will hit and it's just like no i'm not excited about anything no more and I, like, after what we walked through um an amusement park with art where he went and shut off all of the escalators while while people were trying to leave he shut off every escalator because that switch hit and it happened no i mean but for art that's like we're not done having fun like <laughs> no we're not done we, we haven't maximized our, our fun time That's but, but but for Brett so Chris gets to see oh when you're with your frat you got all the energy and all the talk in the world and you're all into it and then when it's just you and I and then for me it's like oh when I see you with your boys or when you're speaking in front of hundreds of people you know you don't have a problem then, but then when you're home, you know, you're just quiet. Mm -hmm. And it's that, look, I got to recharge. Like when I get into that space, I am, that's me stretching myself. And I, and I, I come home to be recharged. Like that's, that's, that's what the home space is for is when I want to recharge. So, Hey, if my thing is we have to go out, we have to do something because home, home is me being on the charger. <laughs> exactly, man. Because it's like as soon as I touch that couch, you throw in a movie, I'm out. I'm Yo, I'm out. Like the, I can't do anything about it. The funny thing was that maybe a week and a half ago, EJ and I were talking about talking about if if we had we were like cell phones, you could see the battery life on your phone when you came home. You would see people, you know, needing to charge or charging up. Or, you know, oh, wait a minute, yeah, your battery's blinking. I'm right. <laughs> I need. We should have. No, what we, I think. I think. I, I think. I need to get a shirt that that <laughs> says "Battery's dying," and you can put it on when you, when you're not. You don't want to talk to anybody. Yeah, and then and then for those of us that have kids, which all of us have kids of, of varying ages, you know, then you're on extended battery life, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and that's a you, in your priority level. You realize that okay, I got to reach dig it dig deep to have these interactions with Asher or Namdi or Arinze, Nia. You know what I mean? Taylor. Um, so there's so many things that I don't know if it always gets framed correctly as far as, okay, this is what he's doing. This is what he's going through. I mean, how many interactions do we all have with people every single day? Hmm. It makes, it makes complete sense because it's different Absolutely. levels of energy. Yeah. Totally different levels. between the range. For me, Renze and Anamdi, two totally different levels. I'm sure Taylor, God. It's gonna be a whole different. Like you're mentally now engaging, and that can drain you by itself. So yeah, and that's where it stems from. Like when you 
have to extend yourself in so many different directions. You need, I feel like you just need that time. And going back to Carol's point earlier, where the spouse can just swoop in at any point in time and be like, oh, this is a good time for us to spend some time together. I had a situation last week. It was like six something, almost seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, woke up late. They were trying to get Nia ready for school and they got me up so I could drive her to school or whatever. But before I left, I had to remote into my work computer. And so she sees like the 150,000 emails that I'm like trying to dig through to get to the one I need. And I start trying to play the podcast to listen, you know, for edits or whatever. So she comes down, comes over on the couch, sits down beside me and is like, wow, you are really busy. And of course, ever since I took the new job, like the 60 hour work week is a regular now, you know, and I'm used to doing 40 coming home. That's it. If I go to an auction, then yeah, maybe it's a little extended, but 60 hours is a regular thing now. And in that moment, um, you know, I'm just like, well, yeah, I mean, I told you this was going to happen when I got this new gig. And, um, you know, it wasn't anything right then. And I think that's the mistake that I made per my life coach, who's going to jump in in a second. But um, in that moment, I didn't react, I guess, in the best way. And then I'm thinking in my head, all right, I'm gonna go to the gym when I drop Nia off. And then I'm gonna just go with her to get some coffee or to you know, get breakfast or whatever after I get certain things that I need to get done um, for me. That way I can you know, devote that attention to her. So that's what I'm thinking in my head. But then you know, I, I shoot a text over to my life coach and he's like, oh boy, I don't know if you handled that the best way. So I'm gonna let him jump in and give his, sense, his two cents on that thing. Yeah, so when you hit me with it, um, my thing was you you missed you missed the boat. You missed the opportunity. Her being up at that point and coming and saying to you, "Wow, you're really busy." That was that flag of, "Hey, I need some time. I know you're about to go drop Nia off. When you get back, can we spend some time?" And in Brett's mind, look, we're we're not perfect but we have perfect intentions. But if we don't speak our intent, they don't receive it and they don't understand it. So his intention was is that when he got back home, he was going to, oh, I'm gonna to try to take her to this cafe or I'm gonna do this or I'm gonna do that. And I was like, bruh, you know, no, you need to come back home immediately from dropping Nia off and try to do something because that's what she was looking for. He's like, oh, well, she went back to sleep already. And I'm like, you gotta keep reading that go back to sleep was, well, I didn't get what I wanted. Now I've got, my emotion is, is ramping up. I'm just going to go back to sleep. Let me sleep because, it off and hopefully not have to. Yep. Because now she's trying to look at, well, all right, I know he genuinely is busy. I don't want to make him mad by now pushing back. So I'm just going to go to sleep. But, and yep, but I, still want, I still want time. Right. Mm -hmm. But I still want time. And, and you know, look, I, he reached out to me and I was able to talk through that, but I'm sure I probably messed up several times during the week. And it's different when, again, you're in the frame, you can't see what the picture looks like, yep. um, but it's only through running it by somebody. And as we talked about last week, look, if it's not for this group, how much more things would we miss? Um, and how many interactions would go by that we're just totally unaware of what happened um, and again, that's why I value this group because we can reach out to each other. And you know, look, I didn't have that before. Look, we got a whole nother squad of people. Brett, you got a whole bunch of frat 
You can't talk to them about some of this stuff, man. They'll get you in trouble. <laughs> Absolutely, man. That's where some of that bad advice comes from, unless it's from, like, some of the older brothers. Um, but, yeah, I was definitely appreciative in that moment, man. And, I mean, I was able to make it work. But now, because I had that conversation, man, because we talked about it, I know what to do kind of going forward. And that's why I lean on you guys so much because of your experiences, even though y'all are throw out there, oh, no, I ain't got to uh, – I can't help you. I don't have no answers. But it, it really is. The conversations that we have are really, really helpful helpful man and I encourage other men out there to do the same man reach out especially if you know we got four guys on here right now that can answer any of those types of questions yeah and and, and here's the thing so let's acknowledge the other side of it right the other side of it is that we don't we don't know them to the level we would like to think we know them and we're talking about females never we, will we have no idea we're still trying to figure it out um, but it's not something that's linear. It's not something that we can just pick up a book and we can get the formula. We can get the algorithm. So I think that's where communication breaks down because we get into that challenge and we don't know what to do. And when we don't know what to do, the typical thing, we just throw our hands up and be like, all right, it is what it is. Deal with it. Exactly. Um, and, and, and that's the part that I think we all, um, can learn to do better, including myself. I mean, I look, I, I'm coaching other people and talking to other people through that stuff. I wish I could coach and talk myself through just stand <laughs> in a mirror and talk myself through my own that stuff. And look, man, I, I got a phone call this week from somebody, um, a male and the male said to me, man, look, I'm trying to make this stuff work. Um, and I'm going to counseling, but the counselor is taking the totally wrong approach. And I had to tell him you're taking the wrong approach. She is the male and I am the female. I I am doing the things that normally her role would do. Like I am the one that's sensitive. I'm the one that wants to spend the time. And she's just about whatever she's doing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, wow, like that's deep. Because if you think about where we are at this point in time, that's happening more and more where female and male, we've evened up. And then at some point you have those alpha females now that they've passed the male, the male role, the male model. And there's a new friction that's being dealt with that. Even if you go to a counselor, they don't understand that they, they don't know how to work with that because that's not traditional roles. So when you're going and you're getting counseling in a, tradi in a traditional way, you'll never come to an answer because this is not a traditional setup. It's not a traditional model. Okay, is that wow? That's that's one very deep. Um, and does that have to tie anything in with that person having not having a dad at home because he's overcompensating the role of being a dad? So he maybe taking on extra duties to show, you know, his dad love for his kids. I think it, it's a variety of, of factors. I mean, that could that absolutely could be one because you're going to take on the characteristics of the parent that you typically see more. Like, mm -hmm. I think I um, I have a lot of my dad's characteristics, but I think they're more genetic than the ones that I picked up from my mom and seeing her and doing. Mm -hmm. But it's so many factors that, that play into that, you know, like the emasculation portion of it, that, that's mm -hmm. part of it. Then you got... Um, the mass incarceration of the black men so there aren't fathers in the homes anymore to the educational system and how it's you know stacked against us in general black men and uh, women but then the women have ultimately been 
in charge of the family structure. And I don't mean just making sure the house is clean and food is cooked. They've been providing for a mm-hmm. long time. And so that's pushed them into roles where they have to educate themselves, which make, which is why they're the most educated group in America right now, which is why they are the fastest growing group of entrepreneurs in America right now. Mm-hmm. So when you couple all of that together, yes, the dynamic is shifting. Hell, I thought I was going to be in a household where my lady was the breadwinner and I was going to be at home, you know, taking care of the kids, which I'm completely fine with. I am. <laughs> and I think that's another issue is when we talk about the male ego and our, our pride that may get in, the, get in the way of something like that and attaching, you know, your monetary contribution to what you're actually doing in the home. And even in a relationship, sometimes I think it we as men sometimes fall into the place where if we're not the alpha in the situation and that's in quotation marks because you can provide in so many other ways than just your money you know like your time your emotional intelligence all of these things play a role and i think we lose that sometimes and it just goes from there yeah he's all the alpha <laughs> he can have it <laughs> <laughs> no nah, but I, I i mean look that's i feel like that's the biggest that's probably one of the major root causes of everything that we experience today as a black family that's the that's the evolution you see happening here comes my son i'm like the third alpha in the house <laughs> here he comes good morning son <laughs> I got well, some styrofoam for you, Ashley. You, you guys heard mine earlier. Somehow, if you listen hard enough, you would hear him talking in the background <laughs> from three floors up. Good morning, hey, sir. Hey. Good morning. Asher. Look at you, smiling. Right. That's what I'm hey. talking about. Happy baby. Good morning. You say nope. Y'all got to <laughs> smile. <laughs> Glad you brought Asher in, man. Uh, that takes me to my next topic. So, uh, I want to talk about the community raising the child. And it came to me just out of some randomness that happened last weekend. First of all, and I, I got to get into this before we get out the podcast, but the weekends for me have been so interesting, man. I enjoy having my full weekends now. Um, mainly, because, what you mean? No. <laughs> I enjoy having my full weekends now because like before when I was with CarMax, you know, it split. I might have a weekend off a month. I get to spend time people you know what I'm saying like I get to spend time with my daughter and building that relationship because I'm just finding out that that's probably one of the biggest problems that we have as a father and a daughter like I don't have the relationship with her yet um that I thought I might have had based on our interactions Mm. but so many things have been happening over the past two weekends that I'll get to a couple of them but last weekend I was going to pick my father-in-law up from the library because we were heading down to DC for something or Arlington to drop them off I don't remember go to pick him up from the library and he says oh I gotta use the restroom real quick so I'm like alright cool I'm gonna just park and wait on him right I'm sitting in the parking lot and it's five minutes past ten minutes past I'm like hey man what is this dude doing is he dropping bombs what's going on <laughs> and he is in the back seat reading her Diary of a Wimpy Kid book and then I happen to look in my side view mirror and I see this man now, mind you, y'all saw my father-in-law walk past last week on the podcast. He's a little bitty guy. He's about 5'5", five, 5'6", five, five, probably 135 pounds soaking wet, right? But when I tell you he got the heart of a lion, dude, got the heart of a lion. So he's standing outside the library, and this other gentleman, about 6'4", 250, is towering over him. And when I tell you it's like a David and Goliath moment, I literally, I'm looking, I'm like, oh, I'm like, Nia, stay in the car. I hop out the car, go see what's going on. 
and you know try to get get in between it or whatever. And so it happened while the altercation was kind of brewing. There was a young man, probably 15, 16 from the looks of it, because it was, a, it looked like a group of them. Like it was an uncle and his nephews or something. There was a young man, used the restroom in the library, and I guess he urinated all over the seat. Mm. Or at least my father-in-law thought he did. So he went to talk to the young man afterwards. Now, father-in-law is from New York. He's from Brownsville, Brooklyn. So mm. <laughs> you can already tell what kind of character and attitude and method of speaking he has. So he's like, hey, yo, come here, or whatever. And he's trying to talk to him about, you know, the bathroom or whatever. I guess the uncle sees that and was like, nah, you don't need to talk to him. You need to talk to me. And I'm like, he's like, okay, come here. Your son or whoever has urinated all over the seat. I'm trying to tell him, you know, he needs to get his act together or whatever. And the uncle, per my father-in-law's statement, goes to defending him and says, oh, he's just a kid, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, whatever, whatever. And so that's when father-in-law gets a little upset and is like, no, you're raising him to be like this or whatever, whatever. And I think that's when mm -hmm. father-in-law says, you know, you want to talk about it, we can talk about it outside. Now, you tell somebody you want to talk about something outside, what does that mean? Let's do this. We get in the car. I'm like, you can't say that. You cannot say that. <laughs> that's what like. But this Mark is a relate. That's his granddaddy. <laughs> <laughs> this is an instance where the community, my father-in-law, trying to help raise the child, teach him right, but the parent. It's sort of dismissive of the behavior. Maybe the kid didn't urinate all over the seat. Maybe it was already there. I don't know. But his first reaction was to defend his his child. But so with that, I guess with that going on, can do we feel comfortable still going out to help raise our, the children in our community? I think that it's 100% something we need to do. But of course, it's always... Um, about how you're going to make that statement, choosing to do it wisely, um, and understanding just like in relationships that you do not control the outcome you are going to receive mm. by being the person to step up and want to um, make that statement. Mm. Because I am 100% positive there are many altercations who have started from someone thinking they were doing just as your, your pops did, you know, just trying to, um, you know, be that voice of, hey, you know, just be conscious of this. And, and you know, it's, it's something that you could do better. And, and it's not received in the in the best manner. But I definitely do not. Uh, I, well, I definitely feel that we cannot let the potential of, you know, harm be what stops you from the potential of gain at the end of the day and, and being able to help the community. I think first we have to understand where that comes from that saying comes from it's a african proverb takes a village to raise a child mm -hmm. they literally meant we were in a village we all knew each other everybody contributed mm -hmm. to the benefit yeah. of the village so now at this point in time mm, maybe, maybe when we had segregation and we were all in our small little neighborhood we all knew mm -hmm. each other we knew who the person was down the street mm -hmm. but because of modern times um we don't have that so i think it makes it more difficult so when you think of village now like hey we got a village right it's a cyber village mm -hmm. but we don't see our we don't see each other's kids every day now mm -hmm. sure enough if i saw nia 
going down the street when I lived in Maryland, I would probably stop and question, hey, Nia, where you doing? Where you going? What's going on? And I would communicate to you that I saw Nia. Same thing for Namdi, same thing for Renze, same thing for Taylor. But that's not where we are at this point because we travel so much and we extend and we, we move around so much. I think it makes it a little bit more difficult and it's hard for you to find that consistent village when you're constantly in transit. I mean, since the time you guys have known me, how many times have I moved? Like, I don't even like my neighbors. Y'all know that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even want you to contribute to the village. Your dog smell himself. <laughs> so for me, I just feel like um, the community is going to end up raising a child one way or another. And we as parents have to understand when there's good counsel and when there's bad. Because once your child gets of that age, 14, 15, 16, they're going to be in the streets a little bit more. They're going to be out of your supervision a lot more. Um, And the character that we put into them is going to help them receive certain messages. Granted, my father-in-law probably didn't have the best delivery of what he was trying to convey. However, the, the intent was all out of love and care. And that's the most important part. And I think that if we could, if we could have stepped away for just a second and, and saw that and taken that for what it was, everything else kind of would have went a lot smoother. Also, I just don't think that, you know, we can defend certain behaviors in our kids. Now, granted, like I said, maybe he doesn't know what happened, but to not, okay, let me find out or something, or thank you for bringing that to my attention to immediately be dismissive and be like, oh, he's just a kid. What kind of man are you raising at this point? I think that's one of the biggest issues, too, is the allowing of shortcuts in life and the allowing of the, uh, well, just chalk it off to them being young. And it's always interesting how long um, white children are allowed to continue to be kids, but how quickly black children are considered adults when it comes to the law. Mm-hmm. And so having to to make that understanding and express that to them and and let it be something that's understood that, you know, really by the time you're 10, if you do something and, and even mistakenly, you will be considered as an adult in the eyes of the law just of because of who we are. But it's even before it's even outside of the law, um, as we talked about last week, because of the different uh, models of, of home life, you get cast yeah. into an adult role early. I was writing checks to pay the bills when I was nine. Yeah. You yeah. see what I'm saying? I, I was ironing my own clothes at nine. Mm-hmm. So those are adult things that you're doing. So you develop in a different kind of way. But I want to go back to something because I think when you talk about the levels and the patterns of respect we were taught when we were younger that we would um you're supposed to give respect to any adult any authority figure yeah um now it's almost an option yeah uh, if that mm, yeah. It's crazy right it's crazy. it's crazy like you see kids calling adults by their first name oh you, yeah i i have to i have to literally like bite my tongue with a couple of Taylor's friends because I'm, I walk out somewhere and like I was at the soccer game the other day. Ian, 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 don't call me Ian. <laughs> <laughs> are you little girls doing? Like, relax. 
<laughs> seriously and it, it's it's so funny because i remember getting popped in the mouth like because like hey mm-hmm. sir ma'am yes you know please thank you all of that was mandatory and it's mm-hmm. it's so weird and frustrating when you will have children nowadays who are totally comfortable with treating you like you are their best friend or like you know y'all hang out and it's like you're my daughter's friend but you need to provide respect to me it's it's so hard to to work that dynamic because then i get a bad taste in my mouth automatically for that child and i'm automatic no they can't stay over i don't want them over here i don't even really (laughs) just like in my eyes you're already disrespectful like you're already starting off you're you're cheating in the race you're already trying to start off five steps ahead of the game and no we're not there yet and so that's what's always um it's interesting as time goes on yes absolutely interesting and as i tell y'all all the time y'all know i'm done don't don't put me in that situation man this is it hey hey it's sir uh mr carroll um and if you're real cool and like you like family then you better call me uncle yeah, that's what i do most of the time is uncle uh but do y'all get the uh like so does taylor's friend say uh, oh taylor's dad or taylor's mom because that's what i get all the time. i wouldn't mind that'd be fine tell us that a lot yeah i'm a lot more okay with taylor's dad you know i have a different dynamic because she's my stepdaughter and so right. it's it's actually been crazy watching the dynamic of when i was she was younger i was you know oh that's my stepdad that's whatever to where now i'm i progressed i'm her dad like when when it talks about and stuff is going on it's like nah oh it's taylor's dad it's taylor's dad you know this that and the third that it's been interesting watching that progression but also like i said i prefer being Taylor's dad because then I still fear there's um, a sense of authority in that title whereas when I'm just in I feel that there's that peer-to-peer relationship that it's no we're not peers I still want you to understand that even though I'm probably a lot funner than most of your dads will ever be in life (laughs) give the green light for you to feel that you know, we are on the same level. I still right. want you to respect me. I still want to understand that you are not, you know, some young psychopath. And I want to feel safe in understanding that, you know, you and my daughter together are going to be two intelligent people together and not that you are somehow putting her in a place of danger, really, at the end of the day. Right, right, right. Easy. Well, we're going to leave that there as far as the community raising the children. I'm definitely going to see, if I see something, I'm going to say something. So if your son, daughter is out there doing something crazy, Uncle Brett is going to back First quarter. Uh, what we got left, gentlemen? Uh, I got to get you out of here, huh, Kay? Um, so I want to go to... Go I'm going to go to Mr. Faison, man, because we've been missing Arts Corner for Arts Corner! I, so... <laughs> so... I'm going to tie in last week's conversation uh, to to this. So um, hug your children after you discipline them. So we talked about Tor having that fear. After after it's all said and done, you know, and you discipline your child, got them going, you know, go back and talk to them about the reasons why you did it. Give them a a good, strong hug um, because that's going to change the next two days, three days or a month or even punishment. doesn't matter. That interaction you have with them after you, you know, discipline them changes from fear to understanding um so and a hug could be anything a hug could be a talk a hug could be a hug, nah. whatever it may be but a good, a good hug is is yeah. important 
Yeah, that physical contact is important, especially after you just wore their little behinds out, man. They, they man, need to know. It is so funny that you guys just said that, man, because I was at work yesterday and I had to tell some folks that, look, I am not here to man sit. I don't babysit grown men. <laughs> so I said, oh, sir, are you raising your voice? Are you getting mad? I said, no, absolutely not. I said, when I get mad, my voice gets lower. <laughs> I am at the highest of my anger. I'm mm. almost whispering to you and I'm yep. very close to you. And then to yep. throw people off to make them feel like everything is cool, I just give you a hug at the end and then I walk away from you. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Hey, Fresh, we coming to you twice this week, man. First, I want to get that crypto bitty, and then we're going to have a little throwback Fresh Jam. Um, First, for the crypto bitty, bing! Uh, you see, I changed the thing right here. It's actually spelled right this time. <laughs> um, But crypto bitty this week, there was a lot of FUD, fear, uncertainty, and doubt. I know you guys have heard me say it before this week because Google just like Facebook has followed along the lines of deciding to ban um, crypto advertisements on Google, uh, Facebook, and other locations, which, you know, this is what happens. You know, I feel it is a cleansing process. There has been a lot of BS at the end of the day going on within the crypto space. You know, I fell into things such as the BitConnects, the other lending platforms that were created and have, you know, um, ran their process. They're being weeded out now. There's a lot of initial coin offerings that are very faulty and, and, and based on fraudulent activities that it's a, a weeding out process now to get to the strength of what cryptocurrency truly is and can be and the ability to see some of these businesses create products and, and um, you know, increase our ways of life as we move on. So don't let the FUD get you while the market has been a bloodbath this week. I will say it is um, still the space to, you know, stay in tune to, still need to do your own research, but there's definitely still a lot of opportunity out here in Cryptopia. So please make sure to jump in the water, check out what's going on, go to CryptoWithFresh.com Get yourself a little insight. After that, you could check out the Facebook and all the other good social media I got going on and stay in tune with this market because it's really a lot of investment opportunities out there. And I definitely encourage you to do, uh, you know, jump in the water. It's cool out here. It's nice. Real funky. Take that hat off, man. Put my DJ Barry B. Fresh hat back on. What you got for us this week, man? Throwback jam. Well, you know, um, another sad week. Uh not just in life, but especially in hip hop, when you lose one of, you know, a, a staple in the hip hop community. Would you consider wow. him a pioneer? I, I consider him a pioneer because no. of- yes. well, He's pretty dope now. Yes. I, I consider him a pioneer because Flavor In Your Ear was one of those songs. Like that's a moment I feel like all- First of, bad boy signing? Flavor exactly. in your ear was just like one of those songs. And even though, you know, Notorious Big was a, a, a larger push for they that did a song. a couple joints side by side that were dope now. But I still give Craig Mack his um, props. He still is is a, a one-hit wonderish, I, I guess, in the sense that you could say. But the two, the two hit wonder. The album was well, awesome. And I think it was more his own um, not wanting to, he doesn't didn't like that limelight situation than it was him not being validated. Cause for his time, he was like in that moment, down all of these songs were, were, were hype. However, I think that his own um, 
decision of not wanting to be, you know, that big limelight rapper. He wanted to keep it more hip hop and more the core that uh, might have been what led to his, uh, I won't even say demise as much as I will say lack of growth. But he anyway, walked away though. His fade, fade there, to black. There you go. I like that. All right. But uh, long story short, R.I.P. Craig Mack, uh, you know, great MC. And in uh, honor, we are going to go ahead, take it back to one of his classics. We're going to take it off kilter. Not everybody knows this song. Oops, you know what I'm saying? One, two. Now who got flames that come to time and dust that keeps them bustin' in the big fat when they bust the word of Mac or Mac you use more than And that's nine seconds. Mike B, I'm sorry you're not here, baby. Yeah. The mic is bobbing right now. You should have went straight to the chorus. That's good. We can play the chorus on the way out. We good. All right, that's it. That's it before they cut us out. Oh, you too late. They already cut you off. We've already gotten got. We hope we ain't get got this week, y'all. Nah, we're going to be good. Just monetize it, Diddy. We good. Yes. Just yes. monetize it. Anyway, uh, before I go to you, hey, Coach. can I ask y'all a question, man? No. How did Rampage get on that song? I don't even know who Rampage is. Buster Rhymes connection. Buster Rhymes. Yeah, um, it was all, it was all, they were all one big, one big, like. I, I understand. That's fine. But. Come on, man. Look at the other MCs on that track. How did Rampage get on there? At Yo, that time, politic, hey, man. That time. Politic. Yeah. And he at was, that time, that's all it was. Up, bro. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all say so. It was weird, though. You are correct. <laughs> I can see uh, Buster. Yo, son. Yeah, you know Buster. Man, get, get on. I ain't getting on. And you know I'm the, I'm the remix king. You got to let him on, son. Fair enough. Fair enough. Ladies and gentlemen, remember you can get this podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, catch the Facebook videos. Follow us at 13th Floor, please, on all your social media handles. Uh, drop us a line at 13th Floor at Flagology.com if you need to contact us. Um, show's been great today. Coach K, you're going to close us out. Oh, that wasn't Rampage. That was the last Boy Scout, whatever he was. Yeah, whoever that is. I don't remember. I wasn't old enough. Yeah. Anyway. Baby. What you got? Uh, what I would say is I think the biggest theme through all of this is people uh, trying to find breakthroughs in a traditional way, in a non-traditional setting. You need to find a different way because what was happening yesterday in the African village is not what's happening right now in your city, in your community that you can't even call a village. Um even in your relationships, you're trying to get solutions from somebody that thinks in a traditional way. So I would challenge you all to stretch yourself and find, do the extra homework and don't just find the first solution or the thing that worked for somebody else in the past, because that may not work for you now. So become modern. If you want to be a modern family, then you got to have modern solutions and a modern way of thinking. Yeah, man. And spend time with your kids, man especially on the weekends. You see the funniest things. Oh, I didn't tell y'all. So yeah, last weekend, my, lo- my daughter, we were cleaning up in the morning and uh, she vacuums and makes up her bed and stuff. So she's vacuuming and it's just a process in itself. Like it's hilarious. She has to put the vacuum on one end of the room. We got one of the drawstring cords or pull cords or whatever. Mm-hmm. So she pulls it all the way out. <laughs> one end of the room. <laughs> 
and then walks it back to plug it in so it's in her room, mm-hmm. right? And she starts vacuuming or whatever, and then, of course, we got the attachments. The attachments are fun, right? As a kid, you love using the attachments. This little girl takes the hose out and is playing with it and looks at the hose and keeps going. Oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> and then one time, it got her ass, and I'm watching the whole thing. Daddy! <laughs> I'm like, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> the funniest thing ever, man. And I, it just made me think, like, dang, man, I wonder what Kellen is doing because I'm not the full-time custodial parent for him. And it's like those little things, those little joys that you miss out on. Uh, for not being there all the time with your kid. But, like, yeah, definitely, man. Spend time with your kids, man. Like, you would have – but most parents would have told her, don't do that. But you're like, yeah. you know what? She has to learn how oh. what happened in life. I'm going to let oh, yeah. you do what you got to do to learn. Now, now from this point forward. Yeah. As soon as you saw her start messing with it, you were supposed to whip <laughs> that phone out. Just like, oh, this, this, this is going to get your great. college fund right here. <laughs> Yeah, man. We out of here, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you all for listening to us this morning on the 13th floor. Where the furniture isn't always the best. But the- <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Tune in, tune in. Yo, Craig Mack was pretty dope, man. I was just in that title. The 13th floor. The 13th floor. The 13th floor.